Hello and welcome back to Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we promise it's really us. (laughs) We are going to talk about the original screen adaptation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. I don't know if what I just said is fully accurate, but we'll get into it in a minute before Mm -hmm. we get started. How was your week? Um, My week was very complicated and very strange. Um, horrible customers, possibly yes. a pod person. Yes. Um, <laughs> and see, I just laugh, so I can't be one of them. Uh, oh, that's right. They don't laugh. They don't laugh. They don't do anything. My incessant giggling should. Uh... Yes, that will rectify it, unless you're pretending to be giggling. Ha <laughs> ha. Like that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how was your week? I was good. Uh, we are still mass producing these things so this episode at Mm. the end of it we're gonna have to talk about march because this is the last episode of february today is only the 8th of february (laughs) so um hopefully the week that i've had leading up to the actual uh, release of this has been quite good i'm planning on going out of town this upcoming weekend to visit my friend who i've not seen since december because of the rains yes uh and um (laughs) Yeah, and California's and a strange is, state. The world is. Uh, we have people here who call slowly along. What happened last week in the last couple of weeks? A monsoon. It wasn't a monsoon. It no, was, it was not. It was very cold. Very cold. That that was very. It was fine. a cyclone. We don't have right. monsoons. No, we don't. But it's literally the same thing. It's just in a different location right. in the world. Like there are certain things that are. Region specific and monsoons don't happen here, but it was a cyclone. There was, which yeah, is the same thing as a monsoon. Sudden, sudden bursts of rain that would last for a few, and it was. It's kind of there like, were funnel clouds spotted. R- right. This is kind of the, the, the <laughs> weather that I would get stories from people when I was a kid. People returning from the mission field would tell you these stories about the weather, you know, in South America or in Africa or you know when they were. Oh my gosh. The stories they would tell you about, oh, there was a funnel, there was a rain cloud, there was um, a thunderstorm, and it sounded like bombs were going off. And I'd never actually experienced that. We get that. some of that in some parts of California. The Central Coast has like mm. pretty severe thunderstorms. Right. Um, I do remember experiencing that in the brief time that I lived in Bakersfield with a friend between college graduation and moving to Berkeley. Uh, there was a night where it was thunder and lightning consistently very, very all night long. And I was like, I gotta go. Cause I don't handle that particular no. item of weather very well. I have some trauma related to it. So I don't like um, thunder specifically. Lightning doesn't bother me. Weird. Thunder can't hurt you. Thunder's nothing. Lightning. <laughs> when I was a kid, we would have much more extreme weather. It felt like when I was little. Or we would have weather systems. Well, when you're little, too, everything feels more extreme. But (laughs) we would have weather systems that were more extreme because we've had a a long drought here in California. So that that accounts for part of it. But uh, when I was younger, we would have these uh, thunderstorms. And I remember my mom, who's such a strange character now that I'm able to look back at her as an individual. Yeah, as a person instead of just your mom. She would always ask, tell us or insist that we get away from the windows because lightning or electricity can penetrate glass and strike you dead inside of your home. I don't think that's true. But there is something called ball lightning right. that kind of can do that. Yes. So she's not 
Uh, but she's 100% right. wrong. She's not 100% <laughs> wrong, but... Meanwhile, yes. we have fireballs actively f- blowing out of our heater. Right, yes. So that I'd be more concerned with. Every time I see you standing in front of it in the morning to warm yourself, I'm like, so scared. Well, that tells you how cold it is in our apartment that I am willing to take that risk. <laughs> it's wild. Um, so speaking of California area, Santa Mira, have you Santa ever been Mira. there? Santa Mira. Nobody's ever been there. It doesn't exist. If I find myself there, I will know that I am mm-hmm. officially in a twilight zone. There we go. Um, and then I will just give myself over to the narrative. I'll probably be in OC, uh, like a like an NPC, though. I don't think I'm the main character in that story. Really? I think I'm a non-playable character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think that you would be the innocent who gets wrapped up in all sorts of strange intrigue. You know, you drive into town and find the town's entirely empty, which, by the way, so crazy. was the plot for several episodes of Twilight Zone yeah. that would take a twist. And every also, once in a while, when I'm driving around, especially if it's uh-huh. daytime, and I don't see any cars for a while, like, right. all actively on the road, I am like, it's children in the corner, children in the corner, or that episode of the Twilight Zone where they're inside of like a like a snow snow globe or whatever right. well, it is. <laughs> here's the interesting part. That was also the beginning of a, a film that I really like, Phantoms, but it's based on a Dean Koontz novel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that takes place in Santa Mira. Funny. Santa <laughs> Mira is like, yeah, where you put the weird things. Right. It's It seems to have spread very similarly to the um, Lovecraftian universe. Right. Where you're, oh, it's in Arkham. Okay, yes, exactly. so it's a place where some shit happens. And it's <laughs> so Dean Koontz used it. Also, also, and nobody else has picked up on it. Right. But like Castle Rock and Derry. Right. Well, Stephen King also used Santamira. Right. In the Dark Tower. But nobody uses Stephen yes. King stuff. But several people have used Lovecraft stuff, and I'm sure people will use King's places eventually. Um, but I don't know why that hasn't happened. Actually, there's a, there's. A, there's well over two dozen stories, television stories, everything from Sharknado. Yes, to Sharknado takes place there. You said uh, E.T. Said, um, E.T. Yeah. takes place which, in Santa Mira, which is just the opposite. It's very genteel. Almost, we will but, be talking about next yes. month. That is going to come up at the end. There's of a lot of lines of intersection today. with what we're doing today. Yeah. Because yes. there's a bit part played by Sam Peckinpah, who was the director of The Wild Bunch. Yep. And uh, Don Siegel, who later on we're going to see uh, Dirty Harry. Yes. Which is one of his films. That's the beginning of April. Right. It's very odd. <laughs> like, as I'm looking at the information, or doing research, I'm going, there's a lot of... There's a lot of this. And the, the other... There's... Let's get into the movie. Okay. Let's, let's start there. So, we watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. It stars Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Not the dipshit congressperson. The actor. <laughs> um... And um, I don't want to talk about him too much because I will say mean things about his hair and I don't want to do it. Not this um, Kevin McCarthy, that Kevin McCarthy. Let's talk first about mm-hmm. the the just generally Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the movie. Uh-huh. Have you seen this film before? I, presu- I picture you as a little kid watching this movie like three times a year. I, I saw this <laughs> film for the first time. When I was on summer vacation and I was watching the local Dialing for Dollars, right? That feels right. It scared the living shit out of me. I have no apologies for the profanity. There is no word for how scary this film was because it hit on something very primal. And you can see echoes of it all the way to Doctor Who. Don't blink. You know, that, yeah. that whole thing. You can't fall asleep. 
And I spent days trying not to fall asleep after this movie. It's very weird. It's funny to me because I understand fundamentally that, yes, mm-hmm. when you fall asleep, then your pod right. absorbs you. Right. you are, we never know what happens to the person. Yeah. You never find out in this movie what happens to the person. Uh, fundamentally, you guys, let's just start with broad scope. Uh-huh. Santa Maria, California, a place that does not exist, except in the nightmares of filmmakers and everywhere. The people are acting a- weird, and it turns out it's because these big seed pod plant things that look like huge cabbages um, are growing duplicate bodies, and then when the person who they're duplicating falls asleep, they take over that person's life. We don't know what happens to the bodies uh, of the people. Um, and we don't know where this came from uh, or why or how far it has spread. That is what we right. kind of don't know. Um, and the interesting thing to me about this movie, first of all, Yes, when you fall asleep, that's when you get subsumed, so you need to stay awake. But, and they make that clear. Right. But it wouldn't, I would never get to the end of this movie and go, well, I can't go to sleep now. Like, that's not, I would literally just be like, I gotta find the pods and light it on fire. Because if the pod doesn't complete, if the person doesn't complete, you can't subsume me yet. So, I'll just like, I will light all of the pods on fire and then I will nap. And then I will do it again. <laughs> and again, what makes this film frightening to me, and what made it frightening to me as a kid, is the notion that, and maybe we should start with reviewing the movie, because this will give you an idea of or going over the story. Yeah, so this is um, this movie's been remade a bunch of different right. times. Well, the idea has been used Here's the interesting part. More. It hasn't been remade so much as it's been the center of an expanding world because none of the films is an actual I remake. I guess that's true. It's not uh, ex- a remake of this. There, it's more like sequels. There even. is a, yeah, the, the, there is a version that with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman where the characters have the same names, but it, it's a completely different story. Okay. Um, yeah, and then in Don, Don, the Donald Sutherland version right. from the 70s, yeah. um, Kevin McCarthy makes a cameo in it. Doing the same thing he was... Doing the same... Basically... So this whole movie, almost this whole movie, is a flashback, and then it's got bookends. Um, I will say... I do want to... I want to read a couple of the... the taglines, because they made me giggle. Mm -hmm. The first one is, the original black and white classic. What? (laughs) No? I don't think so. Sci-fi, like throw sci-fi in there, and I might buy it. But if you're telling me that this is the original sci- uh, black and white classic, and it's not, I don't know, Casablanca or um, you know Rosebud, then I don't believe you. I think what they <laughs> meant was that because there's been there's the the Donald Sutherland version just of the stories there's, called right, the Invasion of the, the version Bunny with Meg Tilly. Who is actually really good. So There's, that is a yeah. tagline that was put on it in the 2000s. Right. <laughs> okay. To differentiate, well, the, the 70s was the uh, Philip Coffin version. And then it's just every cup, because as I pointed out to you and our roommate also did, the story is still really weirdly relevant. It is. And it, it has the same kind of relevance and, and, and fear kind mm-hmm. of um, 
format to me as um, home invasion stories. Right. It's one of those I mean, things. it is a home invasion yeah, it story. It is a home invasion yeah. story, right? Things like John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Not the original The Thing, mm-hmm. but John Carpenter's The Thing pulls on the same right. type of th- of um sort of fear. Right. Uh and then Jordan Peele Us, I think actually does exactly of, yeah. with us does sort of an an evolution of right. that same both the um both the pod person right. and also the home invasion, he kind of merges those together. And his, where his movies are, you know, 80% really good movie, 20% um, treaties on American culture. Right. This movie is has almost no... But then what if, what if, what if, what if? Like, there is no sort of taking a look at what this means for the larger culture. Maybe because it's the first one. And so we're just going to put that, we're going to plant right. this creepy ass seed, literally, <laughs> <laughs> and just let you think about it. And then in 20 years, we'll come back and talk about the, right. the how that... The end result of that has been that this movie gets reinterpreted in so many, mm-hmm. di- this particular version of it. And so there's been a lot of interesting discussion on how each remake of this film is a reflection of its time. Right. And so Jack Finney, who wrote the original book, he also... he's a That's what I was going to ask first. Uh-huh. Is this based on a book? Yes. Because it feels very much like it's based on a book. Good. Okay. Well, it was based a on 1954 a... 1954... Right. ...story in Colliers. Was, yeah. And okay. it was serializing Colliers, and it was just one of those things where people were buying all the magazine issues because they needed to find out what happened next. Interesting. So it was really good. I uh, I got to speak to... Well, I Which didn't is funny because I could... <coughs> I haven't read the story, of course. I could see this story, though, being extremely short. Yeah. Like, I could see a very short... Not, like, flash fiction short... Mm-hmm version of the story, but I could see a thousand words or less version of this story if you hit it real hard working as a very, as a I'm going to keep going back to the word seed, which is a problem, but here we are, uh, as the seed of this idea and then it, it grows out a little bit in 1956, but it's still because it's a it's an uh, quote unquote original idea, even though based on a story, we don't give you sort of the cultural critique that goes around with it. We just give you the idea, right? And then yeah, we wait twenty years, and then we kind of grow that out, and then the thing kind of grows it out, and right, and then and then and then as this as this story type gets made even in the things that aren't called invasion of the body snatchers pod people is a phrase right it's just a cultural a, phrase right. and it's from this yeah it might be from the 78 version i don't think they say well, no, they it said here. it before that well they don't say it there there it's not it's you hear references it's a, right, pod it's a cultural people, right. uh, yeah it was probably done in criticism right. of the work and then that got expanded out and remember culture, it was a popular enough serialized novel to where and it was a novella really okay um the when i didn't get to meet jack finney myself however 
when I was working very early on, and this must have been the, 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 the end of the 80s, um, one, of, uh, one of my coworkers uh, got to meet Jack Finney buying some books from his collection for Holmes Book Company. And he said, yeah, it was really fun because he sat down there and just talked because he lived in um, Greenbrae. Okay. Uh, he retired there. And so he's sitting there. He wants to get rid of some of the books he collected over the years. And um, and David Limo, uh, he wanted to take me with him. Unfortunately, I was I was one of the new people on the staff, so I didn't get to go on these right. trips because it would want you'd wind up being away all day. Right. Basically, driving down to Green Bay, Bray, having this discussion with him, and he asked him about that. He's like, "Well, what was it supposed to mean?" And he goes, "It's supposed to mean anything that you want." But um, the issue, what he thought when he was writing it was uh, agents that he'd worked with uh-huh. and celebrities who basically were completely vacant people. Right. Were they? And they they were just, they, they really, because the story really is, oddly enough, a love story, which is very strange. Yeah, yeah, it is. Between a sort of a doofus. Um, and a woman who is overdressed for every occasion. Right. <laughs> and but what the point was that he was trying to bring out was here are two people who are deeply wounded. They've both just survived a divorce. Yes. From separate people. Yeah. And one guy is covering it up by just being a doofus. He's like constantly cracking jokes. Yeah. And, and this other woman is just, you know, even the, this version of this idealized version of her, she, she does overdress and she's Trying to be, they're both playing parts, which is interesting. Yes, right. As characters, as, and they're the real ones. Right. Right. <laughs> and the fact that what the promise that the pod people make at them at one point is that you don't have to feel any pain. You don't. It, you, you don't, don't have feel to feel any. Yeah. And level that, that was the weird part because I hadn't really paid attention to that because uh-huh. I'd watched it as a younger person. Right. But this time, that speech where they try to convince the two of them by saying you don't have to feel love. Love doesn't last for very long. I mean, you're yeah. both divorced. You know that, so. You don't have to feel anything anymore. Yeah, right. You can just get through life. And and so uh, that was kind of what the point was that Finney was trying to make in the book. And I think this version of it really runs with that. Yeah. It's, it captures yeah. that really well. But it is, it's also, it's very short. The movie mm-hmm. is 80 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> so we're, and think about that. They added the, 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 the beginning of the film and the end of the film, the yeah. bookends, were added after the completion of the main photography and after it had already been run through a test audience. Really? Right, and then they had to go back and reshoot They wanted. Things. They wanted everybody... The test audience wanted to know that it was okay. Yeah, the test audience the test were audience, like, what because, the hell was that? Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so <laughs> what you get uh, right at the beginning is a psychiatrist, this Dr. Hill, mm-hmm. um, is brought into the ER, and it's like, this guy says he's a doctor, but he is uh, raving. <laughs> right. And so he... Uh, identifies himself as a doctor and he tells the story. He says, I've just come from Santa Mira and this is what's happening. And then we flash back to three days prior, maybe two. It's not a lot of days because yeah. he, there's not a lot of sleeping in this. Yeah, I think it's um, like two days before. I think it's like two days prior. Yeah. And he had been out of town. He's come back to town mm-hmm. and um, his. Nurse picks him up. His nurse is a character, man. His right. nurse is such a... And that's kind of what... This is the same thing that we would see in a film like um, another one that I really like, which is... Um, 
The Stepford Wives. Yes. Where everyone is such an individual character that when they start changing, yeah. you feel it. Like, You're like, wait, wait, why are you like that? I now? like that person. Yeah. Why are you being like this? Yeah. Um, she picks him up and she's like, everybody has been wanting to see you, um, even though he gave explicit instructions mm-hmm. for his colleagues right. that were available. They were like, no, 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 they just want to see you. So your, your day is fucking booked. Like you are back to back with patients because they all wanted to wait to see you. And he's like, well, that's weird, but okay. And then later that day, you find out that like there were six no shows and then like a sore throat right, and a skinned knee or something. And it was like, I don't know what that was about. But um, one of the patients, oh, there's a, a run-in with um, a little boy who is saying that his mother is not his mother. And to appease him, he, first of all, gives him a sedative and then says, can you can your, let your aunt take you tonight? And um, we'll figure this out in the morning. He figures the medication will will have worked by then, and we, they can all come together. Um, and then uh, he also has uh, a run-in with his ex, Becky, as I say, the most overdressed woman in creation. She is wearing... Now, the first time we see her, mm-hmm. she is wearing a stunning dress. It right. is... It is sleeveless and strapless it has tool coming out the bust and out the bottom it is poofy it is it cinches her super tight at the waist right. there's no way that's not corseted and then poofy out and it's t-length and it is like a gingham print mm-hmm. but that, that's the only thing that does that doesn't say this is a this is a cocktail uh, right <laughs> uh, co- you know a cocktail event outfit and she is out 11 a.m. on a Tuesday or whatever in this outfit and I'm just like ma'am ma'am you don't have to you don't have to wear that what is happening Um, you don't have to put on the red light and she is worried because her cousin is saying that her his that the man that basically raised her as a father it's like her uncle or something like that but it's basically a father figure is not him, and it's a delusion that's running around the town. Yes, so now, both of these, he he's he's clocking that people are thinking that people that are related to have them you are heard not of capgrass them. and then then delusion. it's the capgrass delusion, which is yes, and it I was have. identified in nineteen twenty three. Uh huh. It is the and it's an actual. It's a it's a real condition, psychological condition. Whereas a person believes that people that they're intimately associated with, partners, friends, whatever. Yeah. Have been replaced by duplicates. By duplicates, which they is, don't look any different. Right. They don't sound different necessarily, but they just are not that person. And sometimes this can be um, remedied by not seeing the person and um, speaking to them only via telephone or mm. through a wall. Yeah. Or even in a mirror. Um, because there's what's going on is something with your visual um, recognition center. It's like it's kind of like face blindness. It's that kind of a thing. Um, so that's how they treat it now. Yeah. A lot of times is uh, don't look at them. You yeah, can only only hear when them. you look this up. Like for it's, instance. If you look at the the Wikipedia for Capgrass Delusion, you're referred back to Invasion of the Body Snatchers because yeah. it's such a clear example of... This is what it right. is. Now, in the movie, those people are, in fact, not those people. Right. 
So is Capcraft's delusion just the the government's way to tell us that to chill out when we're getting taken over by pod people? Yes, probably. <laughs> okay. Yes, probably. But I'm it's what we have it. and it's the world we live in. It at post twenty sixteen? Yeah, that's yes. absolutely what it is. Um so Miles and Becky are out. They go out to dinner um, at a very like a really nice place, but uh, it is like dead. Like nobody right. is there, and he gets called away. And Becky's like, "No, I'll go with you," because that's normal and usual. Well, these two, <laughs> the impression that you get is that they were very deeply in love in college. Sure. And then they go their separate directions. Yes. And get married I'm to other saying, people. I'm saying you're a doctor, right? And you get called to somebody's house, and I'm your date. I don't go with you to the house. But, and here's something that, <laughs> in a small town right, in the 50s, this is that's the probably smallest, a lie. Because everybody, yeah, everybody knows, knows everybody. everybody. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where the doctor is talking to his nurse. He goes over to the window and like is able to recount what people are going to do. Yeah. He's like, oh, so-and-so is taking a secretary to lunch. And this, <laughs> wink, that, wink, you know, we're like, we know that they're having an affair. Like, yeah. it's Everyone knows everyone else's yeah. business to the yeah. extent to where... At one point, there's the gas man is just in this guy's house. But he was putting the thing down right. there. But he doesn't find it odd that the gas yeah. guy is in his house. Yeah. Right? yeah, the man from the gas company is just in this dude's basement at one right. point. And they're just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, exactly. This, mm, people owned guns in the 50s. You could still right. get shot for and being on somebody's property. That happens like, later on with uh, Becky's dad. Yeah. I mean, with Becky's dad. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, yeah, I think Becky's dad. Um, so they are called to Jack Belichick. Belichick and his wife, who's played by Carolyn Jones. Carolyn Jones, and who is Carolyn Jones? She is Morticia Adams. Morticia Adams. She's very blonde here. Yeah, very blonde here, but the enormous eyes that <laughs> and her face. She's got her posture is right. still very good. And there's a body. Yes, this is where it's really it's, weird. Where did they, they find the body? Where did they find the body? The body, I forget where it's it was. It's on their table Their card now. table. They're right? on their, yeah, or And again, table? if you want to get a sense of what life was like in the 50s, the post-war years, this is everyone's having a drink before dinner, everyone's having a drink with dinner, everyone's having a drink after dinner. Yes, there will be many drinks. Everyone's drinking. Drinking. They play cards. They hang out. They're very. They're beginning to get more casual about sex. Well, there's a couple of lines that he drops. Here's the reality in the film. of it. Right, they were casual about sex. They just weren't putting. But the it attitudes in the towards it after the war, which is, and that was a that was actually part of the dynamic that ensure that uh, was led to things like uh, Playboy magazine, whatever else. The notion that if I'm going to die, I'm going to have fun today, and that led to the whole kind of, in yep. one direction, the uh, the I don't even the know baby how to put boom. It. Right, Ugh. it did because people were just. But also, hey, if women can do all of right. the things, women can women do can all of the things. Women can go to the things. workplace. Women yeah. can work everywhere, and yeah. so that men and women were working together more often. It was there's a lot going on here. But anyhow, yeah. so they go over to the Belichicks and they find a body on the pool table. Now, where was this body? The body was put on the pool table, right. and it is wrapped in tarp. Mm-hmm. And it is they don't show it to us really. Right. Not at first. So, but they do kind of describe it. And they're mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have 
Like it has eyes, nose, mouth, but it uh, doesn't have a distinct eyes, nose, mouth. It doesn't have any fingerprints. Nope. Um, and it looks like it could maybe be like a rough draft of Mr. Belichick. Right. And his wife is the one who comes on to that, uh, com- comes yeah. out with that idea. It's like, how much do you think that weighs? It weighs about so much. Uh, how yeah, tall do you think it is? 60 pounds or that's something. Him. It's exactly my husband. It's, it's, it's the size right. and shape of and my husband. And then it, it's, it's interesting watching how they start getting more paranoid as this goes on. And he's and he starts thinking, well, this looks like maybe me years ago before I had developed into the man I am now. Like, it's very strange, yeah. but it's I, th- I like the description they give of like a, a a coin that hadn't gotten the stamp properly. So there's an image there, but yes, it's not quite. But it's not there yet, right? And he says he, our main character, says, um, "Hold on to it until morning." Then call the authorities. If it changes, then let me know. And I'm like, okay, this is wild. It's wild that you would tell your friend, it's cool to hold on to this body till tomorrow. And again, this is kind of the the sort of authority that a doctor had. You know what they also don't do? Look at the genitals, because I would look at the genitals. I would. Because I doubt at this stage that the thing even had genitals. Well, that yes, I don't know and if that so was covered I in the would, book, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Um, and they, of course, they don't do it here. But I would, I would be check check out that junk. <laughs> Maybe she did, and that's how she knew it was her husband. I don't know. Ooh, I don't I like that. know. Um, then they uh, do fall asleep at the bar, and when they wake up, she sees that it's even more like him, and that then it they has freak some sort out. of rudimentary movement too. It's, yeah, it's, and it starts moving. Um, so it's not like it was dead; it's that it isn't alive yet. Right. They wake him up, and um, and and she he has a lot of she has a lot of trouble waking him up. Uh-huh. Like she has to like drag him out, and eventually he wakes up. But it's like it's sort of sucking his consciousness yeah. into it, which once again it's never discussed, it's never explained. We don't know what would happen to his body once his consciousness left it. We don't know. Um, so as this is happening, they also see Wilma is like, oh. um, I feel silly for even saying anything about Uncle Jack or whatever his name is. It's fine. Everything's fine. And they're like, ooh. And then they see the little boy who freaked out and ran away from his mom, all snugly do with his mom. And they're like, um, what's happening? And then they also see, um, all of these. Oh, wait. Do Do they find the seed pod in his basement first well he finds or do they see the trucks first? they see becky first okay he has the impression that she's in the coal scuttle underneath the house because that's right right they get he gets home he brings her home after they go to the belichicks and her dad is coming up from the basement and she's like why were you in the basement he goes i was just working on a project and i'm like that's a vague ass answer dad but okay I was working on a project really means like I was actively having an affair or I was fucking burying a body. Right. Like there was <laughs> I was working on a project. <laughs> You're a murderer. <laughs> What's happening? Um and so yeah, he does. He goes, he breaks into their house and he goes into the coal cellar and he finds But he had already found he found one in his house. Yeah. And then he finds one in her house and he burns it. No, he doesn't. No. He leaves it and he goes in and wakes her up. 
because he doesn't. Yeah. And then they go back down because at this point, the the town's psychiatrist has found out that he tried to cover up the body at his friend's house and was like, that's unacceptable. You can't be doing that shit. And you can't be back. You can't be believing these people. Like, it's he, a delusion. He and offers, he's like, no, there he, are bodies happening. He's offering what sounds almost rational in the beginning. He's like, well, obviously, the four, four of you were looking at a body. Yeah. You saw it. You were freaked out by it. You're not used to seeing a body, right. although a doctor should not right. be like well, psychotically broken mm-hmm. by the design of a body, but everybody else there could absolutely right. be rattled, for sure. And so this is, and you all started getting up to talking about it, and then you, your hysteria kind of moved in one direction. You've been sitting here thinking about everyone telling you that their uncle isn't their uncle or their aunt isn't their aunt. And so now you started putting two and two together, and you came up with this idea, but doctors can have hallucinations too, is what he tells them. Yes. And it almost sounds reasonable enough until you figure out, oh no, wait, something else is going on entirely. Yeah. And so now we've got this little cadre of, we can't go to sleep, Mm -hmm. and we don't know who we can trust, because some of the people in the town are definitely the people of the town, and some of the people in the town are definitely not those people anymore. Um, and so they hide out at the doctor's office for the night. Yeah. One thing that They're happened bef- through. before oh, that, yes. though, was after they, they, at first they were convinced that the doctor, his fellow doctor is telling him right. Yeah. Um, so they decide, okay, let's just go over to my house. Oh, no right. one slept. We're going to have a barbecue, right? That's whatever. right. Yeah. And then you find out as he has a greenhouse, the doctor does. That's right. That's been untended because he's been away. That's right. He comes back in there, and there are his, there are four pods. Right, and this one just for each grows. Of them. They like pop open, and they're yeah, bubbling. there's a lot of <laughs> sounds, and right. you're like, okay, that's and unnecessary. <laughs> what leads to the paranoia is the fact that he keeps trying to call outside of the town, but this is a day and age when this film was made, 1956. Six. When you had to go through an operator, so operator, get me the police. Well, yeah. he doesn't want to get the police because they're the same guys that seem to be covering up. Yes, for... there's a there's a female operator who's uh, like, oh, we'll be right with you. Right. Oh, that line is busy, sir. Right, exactly. I'm sure it won't be a problem the state for police long. Can't answer. The... And then yeah, and you're like, okay, is this bitch dialing the police or is she just right. placating me because? She's and yeah, and it starts a fucking plant person. Really paranoid. He's <laughs> he's saying, well, if I if we just get up and run right now, they'll follow us. So if we pretend to be waiting for the call back from the FBI, that's how far it got. The FBI, yeah. Um, then what we're I think the LA branch of the FBI. Right. But they also called Sacramento and Las Vegas. Like they're right. calling out further, trying to get somebody. So Santa Maria is supposed to be like on the southern coast. Uh-huh. North of L.A., probably south of Santa Barbara is probably where I'd put yeah, it. I, it, it. But I know, um, like, it's... Originally, it was supposed to be Mill Valley. Real, oh, so it was supposed to be Northern California. Right. Okay. Um, but, yes, it's Southern California now because, if not, you would be calling San Francisco. You'd be calling San Francisco. Not L.A. Right. So, um... Certainly, it's in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Sacramento's the state capital, wherever the state you are. Right. But... If you're calling a local municipality, you're going to call... If from Mount Mill Valley, right. you're calling San Francisco, you're not calling exactly. LA. Yeah. Um, um, and it was just the fact that they couldn't uh, get locations in Mill Valley. Because this film was made on a very tight schedule, on a very tight budget. Um, and so 
that's why it was all remarkable that they went back and did the uh, the wraparound scenes at all. But the thing was, the producers were, oh no, this is going to be a hit. And it was right away. It was really successful, obviously. But um, but when they saw that they had a hit on their hands, but everyone was really freaked out by it. It's like, okay, let's try to make a more soothing ending to the film, or more hopeful, anyhow. But yeah, so there's a scene where um, our hero, uh, Dr. Dr. Ben, uh, is it ben- Benel, Benel, is Benel. And I remember that as a kid, too. These pods are popping open, and he's hitting them with a pitchfork. Yes. And and I'm like, fire, y'all. Right. Fire. Use fire. But this was inside the greenhouse, so maybe he was trying to avoid that, setting fire to everything, because that would and attract the police, what? too. <laughs> um, and uh, I, so I was listening to Kevin McCarthy talk about that scene. And the interviewer is going, well, how, what did you, were you there on this, you know, and he goes, well, no, 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 that was, it was literally like a, a stuffed mannequin and they put this, because it was a really goopy experience. They covered us with latex and God knows what and took a mold of our faces and bodies and then put it on top of these mannequins that were kind of inflatable so that they would move around in a weird and horrible way when they're stabbed. Yeah. But he goes, yeah, we were just sitting there with our eyes, you know, wearing these sort of uh, glasses to protect our eyes. Yeah. Taking a mold of our whole body. And that was a very early example of that. But um, of that kind of thing, which became very common later on by the time we were watching, um, I guess, Planet of the Apes is really where the life cast came into uh, popularity, where everyone had a life cast, even if you weren't doing the, the ape makeup. Um, but yeah, this is one of the early examples of that. And he goes, yes, it was goopy. It was sticky. It was gross. You know, you you couldn't shower out of it properly, but it really, it was startling. And the idea that I'm going to stab yourself with this pitchfork was. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) Um, so they are, they get chased into the office, but they aren't right. found. Uh-huh. And they figure we've got, they won't check here again until morning, so we should be okay. But we can't go to sleep. So they're drinking coffee and they're staying awake. And then they look out and they see in the town square where, you know, so and so had been crossing the street to take his secretary to lunch. Now there are these trucks that are coming together and they are all full of pods and they are going out and being sort of sent off into various directions, right? right? So it's spreading out from here. It seems like this is a base. Mm -hmm. It's unclear. We could, this, this could be where everywhere, but here was, but it looks like that's the opposite. It looks like it's spreading out from here. So that's, positive but once again why your audience wanted a wraparound right Mm. and so they like basically split up they're like you guys take the car and fucking book it Mm -hmm. and go get help and we're gonna stay here and yeah wait for a call back um from the fbi who is definitely not calling them back and then let's see where what happens next truckloads trucks 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 yeah the the Becky, and then this is kind of when we find out what's what right right yeah go ahead uh, Becky and uh, Miles the doctor are singing in office and they wind up getting confronted by the that's right they decide they're gonna go out into the street and uh, they're well, like just be cool just mm-hmm. fucking don't show emotion 
And then a dog runs in front of a truck and fucking Becky loses her mind and draws all the, she screams and draws all the attention. But and before I'm that, like, they have the conversation with Belichick, who now is one of them. Oh, right. And with the previous doctor. And that's when he gives them this kind of, um, uh, your new bodies are growing in like another part of the office. They're taking you over cell for cell, atom for atom. There is no pain. Suddenly you're just asleep and it'll absorb your minds, your memories, and you were born into an untroubled world. And that's when they had So that. it's like they can replicate everything about us except emotion. Right. So and that, all they and have is... they're like, the, fucking good enough. And, and they it. also, what's, uh, what is scary about them is the fact that they have, all they have, they don't have any emotions, they just have the drive to survive, whatever these are. And they also don't have any kind of sense of individuality, right. so they're not attached to their, they're not attached to their form right. or any other forms, which is what the Capgrass delusion, delusion was yeah. picking up on, right? Was he makes the same jokes, he sounds exactly the same, he says the same stuff to me, but there is a, it's the spark of humanity. It's, right. a, it's love, right? It's yeah. Lo it's and, love. And Becky it's puts what... out the argument that's like, well, I don't want, I can't live in a world where there's no beauty or there's even suffering, but. The doctor, the, the now the pod person doctor, tells him, uh, you've been in love before, it didn't last. It never does. Love, desire, ambition, faith, without them, uh, life is so simple, believe me. And it's like... It's, real, it's, a, it's a real imagine come to life. Right, and that's the funny <laughs> Which is, part. Is like, I know you don't like that song right. specifically for, for that. For that reason, okay? it's like, I don't want a world like that. Yeah. <laughs> because if there's, you know... If there's nothing to live or die for, then what the then hell is the point? point? Yeah. yeah. It's like that you're existing like an earthworm can. It's just existing. But as you said, they, they take off. Now, apparently, parts of this film were shot because they couldn't get into Mill Valley. <laughs> were it's shot very small. In Sierra Madre, Chatsworth, Glendale... Uh, Los Feliz, Bronson, there's all these... So, so various uh, L.A. suburbs. <laughs> right, but Sierra Madre is where they filmed, I think, the scene which is the minute that center, town center yeah. is in Sierra Madre. And uh, another Sierra funny... Sierra Madre was the name of a set of dorms on my college campus. Really? I'm sorry, I'm having a wicked flashback because I had forgotten that entirely. It's, yes. it's, <laughs> it's a name that gets used a lot in California for random things, apartment buildings and whatever else. But there's a scene there where they run out of this the set the staircase that goes up into a hill over. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, they're like running, and then they yeah they're like let's take these steps, and yeah, it is it's those urban stair right. staircases where you like there's a ton of them in in Oakland. You can get right. a book. Yes, and I, I walk up and down steps. them. But for I'm just like. Yeah. Uh, if you and you and they ran up those steps well, and here's the funny you thing. see him at the top and they're like Jesus Christ. Kevin <laughs> McCarthy, who's a really funny guy, he's a really funny storyteller. He's I talking, can see that he seems yeah. like it. Yeah, he's well, he was a great personality for this to play that guy who's kind of hiding behind this personality yeah, he yeah. creates. But he goes, it's like I can tell you. Me and Dana Winter, how many takes we had to go running up those damn stairs? And she had it's to like, do it in fucking heat. Right. He's like, we just, yeah, that staircase gave me a Charlie horse like in each leg. He's he's literally like dropping to his knees with cramps. You know cramps. what that means. He was not hydrated enough. Well, there's a lot of... But also, they had to, yeah, they ran up, and I'm going to guess 300 stairs? Yeah. 
It goes all the way up the hill. And there was yeah. more than one take of this. Yeah. Because they switched to close-ups, they switched to whatever else. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, that was, the, he says, that entire film was more a physical exercise he'd ever gotten yeah. doing a film. Because a lot of the still you the see are them just running. Right. And even in the, the, the poster is them running. Them running. Yeah. Um, so they, they run, they are being pursued at one point by the entire town. Everyone's right, out to get yes, them. That's right. And they wind up hiding in an abandoned mine. Mine, yes. And they're struggling to stay awake. And it's at one point, Becky is like, I'm just going to die. I just can't. I'm just going to die. I'm so fucking tired. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a parent. Every parent has definitely uh, been that tired. I've only been that tired around. I learned why things, you have kids when you're in your, you know, why you, you do it when you're when younger. You're younger yeah. Because when you're past 35 and you're having, oh, sweet Jesus, that was hard. Anyhow, <laughs> enough of my problems. <laughs> um, let's see. So they hide by happening? They hide. pulling up some planks. Um, uh, on a there's sort of like a a, a walkway through these uh, mines. They hide beneath these planks while the pod people are running back and forth over them. That's right. And then they decide to wait for dark to leave. That's right. They yeah they find a huge greenhouse farm with hundreds of pods being right. loaded. So it's like yeah it's happening. And he sees that, but he leaves her alone for a he second. He leaves her alone for well more than a second because right. he comes back and then he does kiss her and then he does realize. She's not there anymore. That she's a pod, pod, pod person now. And then he runs away. And mm-hmm. she sounds the alarm. Which I kind of wish she'd just open her mouth and like some ungodly noise would come out which of it. Which is the like, sequel. That would be the it, oh, the sequel it has them making the weird alarm has noise. a weird like alarm that. noise? Oh, okay. Maybe that's um, where I, right. I got that from. Okay. But he winds up running off into the freeway. Um, yes. The highway. And he's screaming and it's it, again as a kid with the, the background that i have he looked so much like these stories you hear about old testament prophets who are just screaming and trying yeah, to get he's your yelling, attention he's to, on the freeway and he's right. yelling they're here already you're next you're next you've got yeah. to help me and everybody's like i'm not stopping for this right lunatic he tries to climb the back of a truck it's full of pods yes and then he falls out and then he just loses his shit and we don't actually know what scoops it, but he ends up getting scooped and brought right. to the ER, and then we, we go back go to the back to mm-hmm. the 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 beginning, uh, where Doctor Hill, the uh, psychiatrist on duty, is like, uh, that's he's, he's yeah, that's the most complicated psychotic. delusion I've ever heard. Yeah, and then a truck driver is wheeled in on a gurney because he's been in an accident, and he oh, and Doctor Hill overhears. You know, you know, you gotta really look at him quick, Doc, because we took a it took a long time to get him out. We had to dig him out from, from under. underneath whatever his truck was carrying. And they're right. like, Well, what was it? He's like, I don't know, these giant seed pods like I'd never seen before. Right. And that's what Dr. Hill's like, not a delusion. This is not a drill. <laughs> it's a musical sting as they look up. He's like, right. Oh, I'm calling the FBI. Right. And he picks up the phone to reach call the FBI. And you do hear a woman's voice saying that she will try and connect him. Right. And I, that's basically the end. You yes. don't know kind of whether or not He's getting the same runaround right. that Benel was getting. We don't know. But it gives you a little bit of hope. Without the outside, uh-huh. it's we're all pod people all the time. Like, oops. The world did get... 
So what did you think of the film? Was it thrilling? <laughs> it is thrilling. It is a thrilling movie. It's it's it was just interesting because it was so short and it didn't have the sort of layers of cultural criticism uh-huh. on top of it that sequels and other films mm. of the same ilk right. have because maybe it's because it's the very first one. Maybe it's because the filmmakers were not interested in right. telling that story. They just wanted to tell a sci-fi, like a creepy fucking sci-fi story, and so that's what they did. Um, Don it Siegel. was interesting to me because it felt like uh-huh. it felt like almost like half of a movie because I was like, yeah, but where's the part where you tell me who the pod people represent? Or, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Don Siegel, the director, <laughs> his films, and we'll see that from Dirty Harry also later on, but his movies are by and large about individuals and being an individual. And Ew. But, uh, <laughs> but not to the sort of creepy... Not like, to the detriment no, of society. No. Not the Marjorie Taylor Greene version of being an individual. I'm just like the... Uh, the same thing that Patrick McGowan did with The Prisoner, where it's, I'm not a number, I'm a free man. That was his kind of message. Ah, uh, got you. And so his... his but one among many, not right. one... In place of many or better than No, because many. when you look at Miles, the doctor, our yeah. protagonist, I mean, he he's wants part to be of a community, part of, the community right? of people. Yes. There's his goofy nurse. Yeah. There's his, you know, the, the and guy. he cares about his patients. Right. He, he knows them. The, the guy who runs the restaurant. Yes. He has a whole interaction with him there. Yeah. And, 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 and how, how sad he is because, he, not just because he's losing money, but right. because, like, he made this restaurant to be a place where people come, and nobody's coming. Right. That's a bummer. I can understand that being and a real yeah, bummer. Yeah, so it's, you can see that he likes being a part of the com- of this community, but at the same time is a person to himself. Right. And the it's sad, I think, watching it now and having heard the book, which, by the way, was has a completely different ending, which is much more hopeful. The aliens just decide to leave, <laughs> which was they're weird. Like, Ugh, they're too much trouble. So well, dramatic. Well, the humans. idea is the aliens discover that they can only <laughs> live in these human bodies for five years before they wear them out. Oh, really? And well, what's to stop them from remaking them? I and mean, they seem to be mass producible. Is Miles convinced them? It's like, well, we're going to keep fighting you. And the same thing. It's like, well, then never mind. We can drift someplace yeah, we'll else. Just go fight. Yeah, we'll just drift someplace else. But uh, even he thought. Jack Finney thought, well, this improved it because I was writing for a mass audience that was like serializing Colliers and they wanted to get to the ending. Yeah. And I couldn't just write this kind of bleak ending for right. the film. No, yeah, that's tough because, to do, to just be like, and right. then humanity was decimated. Ta-da! And so he appreciated the film more because he goes, well, you're able to get away with that because yeah. you're only asking for, if you're reading a novella serialized every week, you, you had the commitment of months, right, with your reader. Whereas the person sitting in the film audience is as a commitment. It's 80 minutes of, and done, yeah. Right. Of barely, not even an hour and a half. No, not in this case. But yeah, it's, it's to me, I've always found it to be like a really thrilling movie because it's just, like once you have the setup, it just keeps moving. And, and without the, the cultural criticism piece, mm-hmm. the thing that's totally f- kind of freaky to me thinking about it is, Republicans and Democrats will look at this in the exact opposite way. Right, ways. exactly. They can interpret it differently. They ways. would absolutely, both sides absolutely see themselves as the humans and the other side mm, as the, the pod people. The pod people. Like, and I'm going to argue 
one of them is right and the other <laughs> one is not. But also, I'm one of those. I'm on one of those sides, and it's the one that I think is right. Weird, yeah. weird how that happens. So I do understand that yeah. I can't look at it um, sort of globally because I'm inside of it. But and also I think like, that's kind of what the secret to its staying power is: yeah. is that you can sit here and remake it every ten years because, or fifteen years, or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it's always going to be relevant because there's always the other, like, what are their motivations? The, what are the they doing? The way that America is, uh, so specifically America, I think yeah, it is and this is a very American, American story. thing. Right. Um, because America has been set up to have a cultural divide. Mm-hmm. If America doesn't work without a cultural divide, which is a problem, because right now we either need to get rid of it entirely, yeah. the cultural divide, or it's going to literally divide us and we're going to be in a civil war. It's going to be, we're at a tipping mm. point where we got to pick one. But culturally set up from day one, yeah. there's an us versus them mentality just in the, in the fabric of America. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something about... <laughs> and on every right. day you can wake up as an us or a them When I look at this story in particular, and we're talking about how American it is, an American author, an American story, there's a very similar, because again, influence everything practically, is uh, Quatermass, the second story, Enemy from Space, Mm -hmm. has a similar thing where aliens take over, but they take over the government, and so the common people, the working class people, Mm -hmm. actually at one point overthrow parts of these government officials uh, who are running this power plant that's actually meant to aid an alien invasion. So there's an actual armed insurrection against the wealthy class because none of the working class people are turned into very deliberately zombies um, with scars on their cheeks and things like that. It was very weird. But really what the aliens, their their whole thing was to get the people who are in charge to, to make all the rules for people so that Right, but, but they this, push it too far, and right. you, then you lose the mob. Right, exactly. That's the thing. you got to keep feeding the mob bread. And, so, and when you stop feeding the mob bread, they behead you. That's <laughs> an, a very kind of English take on this same kind of story, because here we're afraid of everyone will get taken over. And there it seemed like the idea was, oh, but those people who make the decisions get taken over. And Which is very British. That's right. very sort of... Or, or at least the British government. Mm-hmm. And we'll see it later model. on when we see um, uh, <clears throat> the uh, Manchurian candidate how even when somebody is just really acting out and is obviously acting on orders from someplace else, everyone turns against them pretty much because we still have a system to where everyone there's enough individual power between states to where people can do things. Yeah. And, 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 and whereas the difference being in England there's going to be, especially at that time, right after the war. Right, we right. listened to those people, those people. We had some friends, some European friends, who I had the conversation with at one point, and they're going, well, the difference with America is that anybody can be in charge, which the failure of that system is what we just saw, right? right. It's but at the same that, time... It, it, it's, it's an illusion that right. anybody can be in charge. Well, I, it's, it's, it's an illusion. You and I have no chance right, okay. at being in charge. So let's... But the thing is, we just came off a presidency where someone who's completely unqualified took over this job. Yeah, I'm more qualified, 100% more qualified than Donald Trump to run this country. But the idea was that 
she goes, well, we should be leaving it in, in the, the hands of people who actually have been raised their entire lives to know how to do this, who have the proper education to know how to rule people, and you let them make the decisions. Yeah, or you, yeah, yeah well, yes, because right. the flip side of the, our problem is we say anybody can, but we don't teach anybody right. how. And we should teach everybody how, and then anybody could. <laughs> like... but it, it came to that sort of argument, and you can see it here, too, and in the, the, the way that I just described those two films, the difference yeah. in that approach. So this is a very kind, it's a very American story. Yeah. And about a very American kind of way of approaching this problem. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely, it's, it, it is funny to me that if you ask a Republican, and you oh, ask yeah. a Democrat, or a liberal and a conservative, however you want to Right, they definitely think they're the humans, and that the right the other group is pod people. Oh yeah, it's it's even when that doesn't make sense on both sides, it definitely would be. And that would be if the film is going to get remade. Obviously, at some point in the future, I'm sure, I'm sure that will be what's read into it because every Mm -hmm. every time it's been done, the the '70s version was about um, the rise of pop psychology and how Leonard Nimoy's pop psychiatrist character keeps convincing everyone that nothing's going on no matter how deep into it is and even when it's happening to him he's trying to convince himself no this is not happening I'm just following your guy's delusion and that's what makes that part interesting interesting and then when it got to the uh, version with Meg Tilly they're on a military base and that idea was the director's going um well, we're on a military base. Everyone on a military base, how can you tell when they're taken over? Because yep. they're all so used to following orders. Yep. So it's like, well, that person's just sort of staring at me yeah, vacant. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, orders right. from off, off screen. Right. Which is a wild way to refer to somebody, something that's not in real life, or that's in real life. Right. But like, yeah, you don't know why you're being told to do the things that you're told to do when you're in the military. Right. And you don't get to ask. And you think about... You just do if, what the fuck you're told If to. the military, uh, if like a little ever soldier is being told, pick up all these pods, put them in this thing, and we're going to take them out and distribute them, they're going to do it because you follow orders, or else you get put in the brig. It's See just the that, mist. Right. What? <laughs> it's that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. And it's funny, again, the longevity of this film yeah. is amazing, or the longevity of the ideas also, for a film that doesn't, as you put it, actually have, doesn't interpret it for you. It doesn't. It just it, This is literally just and we're gonna go back to it again. Right. The seed. The seed. <laughs> it's but just yeah, the I'm, seed. It's I'm, just the it's the it's the skeleton. Right. And then, you know, it gets imprinted in all of its various other incarnations. Yeah, it's a but I really I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I liked it and I think it <laughs> uh in the words of Leonard Maltin, it doesn't suffer from over length. Like, I right. think the fact that it is so short helps it. But also, I think the notion that after 15 or 20 minutes, you're just basically running the entire yeah, yeah, time, yeah. that really helps because you're like, holy cow, wait, 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 wait. And you're, you know, you wind up getting, I think as a kid watching this, I was very anxious because I'm going, well, are they going to make it or are they not going to make it? And God, I'm glad that. For that, for my young self, I did not see the movie end with him yelling on the freeway. Right. Because that would have just, that, that would have been it. Too scary. Too scary. I would not have slept I at need, all. I need somebody to tell me it might be okay. Right. There's some right. sort of a hope that something could happen. You don't have to spell it out for me, but just, yeah, it was way too bleak otherwise. 
All right. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. that brings us to the end of February, guys. We've done it. We're two months in. How are it's we two plans, months in guys. to 2023? Mm-hmm. I don't even understand how time is working at all. Um, but even let's talk about March. We're going to have five episodes in March. Five episodes. Okay. You ready? Five episodes let's in go. March. But mm-hmm. we're going to have a little bit of a cheat because the first two episodes are going to be reruns. <laughs> I didn't do it. The list did it. So next week we are going to re-air a three-year-old episode. Um, it's our first episode from last season. Carrie, 1976. Uh, we did it when mm-hmm. we were talking about Stephen, Stephen King, King movies. Which we at some point have to visit. Because it is, yes, we we will have to go back to that. Because there's so many after more. After this, than, yeah. because uh, there are, yeah, there have been developments, y'all. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a little bit of a mm-hmm. talking about how it fits into the AFI store list. Right. Talking about uh, overall impressions. Since we watched this version, we uh, watched two other versions right. of it. Um, so, in fact, when I was looking for the um, artwork, I have the ones from the other two versions, but not from the original version. So, either we make the artwork for it. Um, so, that's next week, uh-huh. followed by Saving Private Ryan from 1998, which we did in our. Um, our decades right. uh, series. So that's a four-year-old episode, which we will be revisiting Saving, for Saving Private Ryan. Then we'll be back to fresh episodes mm-hmm. recorded in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, and the rest of March is E.T., the Extraterrestrial, which has a longer title that I'm not going to go into, from 1982. Uh, the Wizard of Oz from 1939. Yeah. And The Terminator. We have watched Terminator 2 earlier yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. We have not watched the Terminator. So that is the month of March. Carrie, Saving Private Ryan, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, The Wizard of Oz, and The Terminator. It is I, a... Right. It is five movies that don't really get much more different than each yeah. other. Like, and the version of Thriller... Like, I don't even understand how E.T. is a thriller. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I saw it once. A I very saw long it. Time ago. I know I saw it in a drive-in uh-huh. when I was three. I could have only been three wow. because the movie came out in 1982 when I was two. Mm. So I got to presume it was I was three, but it might be that might be literally my earliest memory. Right. It may also have been a re. Like they may have put it out later. Uh-huh. I may have been like four or five. Okay. They may have put it out. I know that that was a thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they still do. Um, so, but I remember watching it in at a drive-in wow. with my family. Um, but I don't think I've maybe seen it. Mm, I might have watched it in my early twenties again. Yeah, maybe? I, I, I saw it. Years, I have a very tenuous memory of it. So basically, this is going to be a fresh wash for me. It got released, and I don't remember much about it other than going oh i know this story you're not a spielberg yeah i was not a spielberg you're not a, Spiel- not a spielberg you're more of a spielberg now for I, sure than when i met yeah, you I, I think that i've learned to and th- and his, the, this his this film in particular was one of the reasons why because he kept messing with it um but he did a lot of derivative stuff and you were mad that it was derivative right and, and he then, was getting credit for being this great filmmaker who was 
kind of derivative. But right. we cannot take away from Steven Spielberg that the man knows how to frame a fucking right. well, shot. And he does. And he knows how to tell a story. And I think that <laughs> in retrospect, having seen how much more derivative films have gotten, it's like, okay, then there's still, like, he still at least respects the story in some uh, Right, and just, he's better now about um, um, giving sort of reference right. to his references, I think. I think that comes well, with Well, I think age. it's because he's also become the kind of filmmaker who, as time went on, realized that he's going to be referenced the same way that he references Kubrick or David Lean yeah. or one of these other guys. Like, you've made it, so now right. you can kind of loosen the reins a little bit. Yeah. Um, and there's still things that he did where I'm like, oh, God, yeah, that was just awful. But at the same time, I can sort of appreciate, especially now, now having dealt with the modern version of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Who just is... Well, shit on the things that right. lifted him up and gave him yeah. the ideas and the, and the ability to do what he and did. And that's why yeah. even watching Pulp Fiction again was like, wow, okay, this is a despite the fact that even then I thought that was sort of derivative, like, well, this is promising, and that showed he has a real flair for dialogue. Yes. And that's really his thing. It's, if nothing else. Right. If almost nothing else. But, um, but yeah, the just, I haven't, uh, the, yeah, the, the sort of abuse that can go along with filmmakers is not a Steven Spielberg thing. Yeah. Um, but anyhow. Uh, yeah, so, and then The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen since I was probably about 10. Right, I haven't seen that. Definitely watched it a bunch when I was little because it was on on Christmas. Yes, it was, it was on, on every on year. Right, you watched you watched the Sound of Music and you watched the Wizard of Oz because mm. that's what the fuck Still was on. Still have not seen the Sound of Music. <laughs> that's wild to me. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with you have not having not seen the Sound of Music. There are an alarming number of Nazis. In that well, movie. the, the uh, <laughs> it was just far too good natured. I, Christopher Plummer refers to it as the Sound of Mucus, or he did. Because he just hated how really sunny that film was. It's like can, can, until <laughs> Nazis, right? Literally, one of the daughters is courted, and right. And I think that was part of his issue. Was why are we doing this incredibly this cheerful movie, movie about women with are Nazis? Are right? Nazis, and we are on the run. And I don't even remember the back half of that right. movie. Like the running from the Nazis part, I just my brain was like, "Nope, we're not." Yeah, he and, and after Doe and Deer, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> um, I do like the song "How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria." I enjoy it, but anyways, so there's that, and then to the Terminator, the first Terminator, with a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger before well, he could. The sequel also had a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, but you never saw his. Anything, right? Because I'm pretty sure in the in the sequel he put in his uh, contract. No, like, I don't want to be naked. Well, yeah, this was. But Arnold he didn't Schwarzenegger. do that in the first one. He <laughs> whether because right. he didn't know how to negotiate a contract because he was still early in his career, or because he was perfectly happy to put his whole situation on display. Yeah, I'm I trying don't to remember. Know, I know but... this was also very early. Like he had finished Conan. He had it's done... 1984. Right. He yeah. had done a, a couple of movies, but this is this early. is the movie that made him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's why I'm thinking, I don't know if he would have had the pull. Right. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm looking him up now to see how far... He's got five upcoming things coming up. 
That was without that. I also like the fact that when you look him up, look, his Wikipedia title is former governor, governor of California. It's yeah, like, look, yeah, that's what we're going to remember him for. It hurts my heart. Well, he was not terrible. Well, he wasn't great. But he was not the detriment that I thought he was going to be. He was, no, he was leaps. He was, like, honestly, if you told me it has to be Donald Trump or Arnold Schwarzenegger in the White House, I'd be like, Schwarzenegger all day. <laughs> um, he can't be because he was not born here. But, uh, yeah, Conan is before this. He's got a few, like, quite a few little things, it looks like. Um, but Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer have both come out, and then the Terminator comes out the same year as Conan the Destroyer. So, which of those is where he says um, to hear the lamentations that's of Conan. the demon? <laughs> the Barbarian or the, the barbarian, Destroyer? Yeah, okay, the I'm barbarian. saying he's yeah. Conan in both. But. Which was weird. I think it had like a script to by Oliver Stone. Your so really, to enemies drive your enemies before you and hear, hear the, the lamentations, lamentations of, of the demon. <laughs> Such a wild line. Because um, who said... Anyways. Uh, so that is March. It's going to be a good month. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have a couple of repeats. But y'all, you know you haven't listened to these episodes. Or if you have, not in years. So um, I'm going to basically put them in a hole with a little bit of a preamble before we get started. Um, the way that we did... Oh, what have we done like this before this season? Oh, Halloween mm-hmm. is the only one we've done before, but we've got a few coming up. Uh, we've got one in April, uh, two in June, uh, and then three more after that. <laughs> I was just looking at the Arnold Schwarzenegger filmography, um, and the names of his characters are just so goofy. His characters? Yes. Calador. Lord Calador, John Matrix, Dutch Schaefer, Ben Richards, which is also the name of the thing. Um, not Ben Richards, it's like one of the Fantastic Four characters. Oh, yeah. Ivan Danko. Um, it's just, yeah, it's John Kimball. Quald. Jackson. Oh, it's just Quaid. It's Quaid. I'm it, sorry. That's how we recall his It's name just Quaid. very funny because it's like, wow, these, these names. I'm <laughs> like... It reminded me what the... I like when he's kind of... The, uh... A normal name. Right. Adam Gibson. Okay. <laughs> sure. Also, I did not know that his name in the Terminator movies is just Terminator, but I guess... I, I like the idea that in The Expendables, his name is Trent Mauser. Like, oh my God, that's like the... They it reminds me weapons, of, though, didn't of they? like, the, uh... The Simpsons, where it's like max power. Max power. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's... For sure. All right. So next week, we, right. you will hear us talking about Carrie from 1976. Before that, though, do you have anything that you want to recommend? Uh, I haven't um, I haven't seen something new. <gasps> We've been very busy. Did you finish Chambers? I did finish Chambers. Does it end okay? It ends okay, but it awesome. also ends on a cliffhanger, and there isn't a second season. Mm. Not a cliffhanger necessarily, but there's a whole development in the plot that that um, you really want to see addressed, but you know it's not going to be. Mm. So that's kind of sad, but I did get through that, and it was fun and all. Because um, you had not finished it the last time right, when, when we talked it. about it, when you did it. And I think that's 
probably Same thing with the Midnight Club, which mm-hmm. we did finish, right, and was good, and also does not appear to be getting any further seasons. Yeah, but that uh, what I liked about that is that it closed off the the story. Yeah, it it did, um, and so I I was happy that okay now I actually this is going to end now. Um, but did you see something that you? Have I seen? I haven't really been watching anything with narr- narrative. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to divert uh-huh. um, your attentions. I'd like you to find, if you can, if you have the bandwidth and five dollars, donate some money to Doctors Without Borders. Whoa! For their their um, efforts in Syria and Turkey, the death toll for the it's a few weeks out now. We're very close to it. The death toll for the massive earthquakes they've just had is up over 12,000 mm. people. And it's only going to get worse. Um, I can't even imagine what it's going to be by the time this airs. So if you have some money and you can donate to Doctors Without Borders, um, or I bet Jose Andres is there feeding people, find a, something that you. Like like a charity, not Red Cross. Please don't donate to the Red Cross. Um, every charity has issues. Some have less issues than others. So whatever you feel comfortable doing. But that part of the world really needs help right now. So if you can do something yeah. on that. Or just bump, like share donation information. Um, if you can't donate yourself, that's I understand. Everybody apparently in tech is fired, so it's a wild time to try and be alive right now. Um, but it's really heartbreaking devastation that I can't even fathom. And uh, yeah, they're going to be in a state of emergency for like a year, probably. And hopefully, there isn't an follow-up earthquakes. Hopefully the Earth has let off the amount of steam she needed to let off and she's going to let the area heal for a little bit, but who knows? So that's that would be my recommendation. Okay. okay. I'm coming in with a bummer, everybody. Sorry. It's not a bummer. It's just... So next week, we're going to talk about Carrie from 1976. In the meantime, if you have questions or comments or concerns, uh, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Latecomer, by searching for Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Uh, you can go to ceilingnight.com, uh, which is mm. my friend over here's website. Uh, we're revamping it as we go. There are links at the bottom of it to all of our podcasts. Yes, sir. So you can check that out. Uh, and we are still on Twitter. You know, for now, we're probably going to get canceled as a bot. We're not a bot, but we also don't write entertaining content so elon could kiss, kick us off at any moment so i don't understand what's happening over there i don't uh but that's we're there for now as much as we ever happen um we look forward to march mm-hmm. can't believe how fast february went i mean in reality and in this weird compressed timeline that we're in uh and we hope you're doing well i would like to remind you Please take your medicines every day, all of them, each one. And we would like to remind you, better better late late than than never. never.